Yeah. Anybody with the piano? And all the stuff. Black and cheese. Oh, he played a main progression. I have Black cheese on it. And the reason why he got it, he said, because white man wrote the words and a black man played the music, and I'm going to play with the black man. Okay, let's open with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Your Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who took our penalty upon his own body on the tree. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that he was willing to do that for us, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Heavenly Father, thank you for such a great salvation that you have given to us. Thank you for making us part of your forever family. And Heavenly Father, I pray that all that is said and done will bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. Click. Okay. God's gifts to humanity, in this case, redemption through his blood. <clears throat> we covered the part about the atonement is made by blood. But the atonement uh, th that they see in the Old Testament was just merely a covering. And when the Lord Jesus came, he washed away our sins. And let's see, the atonement was made by Jesus' blood. The blood of bulls and goats looked forward to when Jesus would come and wash away all our sins. They could only uh, cover up the sins until Jesus was here and made a final offering for all sins of his people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all were just covering their sins, but the Lord Jesus washed them away. And the atonement was made once by Jesus' blood. He didn't have to, okay, the blood of bulls and goats, they had to be continually sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing for sin. Uh, <clears throat> they probably had a backlog of of bulls and goats that they had to uh, sacrifice because, you know, everybody has sins. So you got to go, you know, take your sins there to uh, take care of your sins. And so they, they they probably had a backlog. So they, okay, well, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get yours uh, first thing in the morning. Yep, that's, that's the time uh, that we'll get to yours. And so, you know, because we got all these others in front of you. So they were continuously sacrificing. But the Lord Jesus, one time, that was it. One time, and he sat down at the right hand of, of God the Father. And that was the only time he needed to make a sacrifice. 
by one offering, he took care of it all for all of us. And, okay, let's see, we went through this one. Redemption made once by Jesus' blood. Yeah, 57, okay, let's see. Whereabouts are we on that? Uh, anybody recall where we are on that? <laughs> I have Romans 5, 15 through 21 as being the next. Ah, okay. Got it. There it is. So, uh, yeah, no, next one. Okay, there we are. This is part three of Redemption was made once by Jesus' blood. This is ver uh, version three. Okay. Uh, okay, anyway, okay. Romans 5, 15 through 21 says, But not as the offense... So also, so also is the free gift. For if the offense of many, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. Okay. Uh, the, off, the offense, uh, he's comparing comparing or contrasting the offense to the free gift. The free gift was caused by one and it affected every one of us. The free gift was taken care of by one and it freed up many, not all, but many. Uh, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. The grace, the, the grace of God, which is the free gift, that abounded to many. Not all, just many. Uh, verse 16, And not, not as it was by one that sinned, so also the free gift, so also the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the three, free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Okay, Adam sinned, and everybody receives, you know, death reigned by one. And much more they receive abundance of grace and of the, oh, excuse me, oops, go here, jump down one, by, oh, to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses. Okay, because of Jesus Christ, all our offenses are wiped clean. Many offenses? Yeah, that's, that sounds like me. And uh, unto justification, because of what he has done. Uh, Pastor King says what? Justification is just as if I had not, if I had never sinned. Well, that's According to this, many offenses, I am justified because of what Jesus did. He washed away all my sins. I mean, from the day I was born until the day I got saved, all those offenses, they were already taken care of by the Lord Jesus. But they didn't really get applied until I trusted the Lord Jesus 
And now, oh, I realize it. Wow, how about that? But from God's perspective, I was already chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Oh, it's hard to get your head around that, but that's what it is. Before the foundation of the world, I was chosen in him, according to the scriptures. And then I lived my life as a lost sheep. One day I came to know Jesus Christ as my savior. And now I'm a found sheep, a saved sheep. And my sins are still all covered by his one justification, his one redemption by his blood. Uh, for as by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they that which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Again, he's contrasting, showing what, what's going on. Therefore, as by, the, verse 18, therefore as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. By Adam, we all receive the condemnation of death for everyone. But because of Jesus Christ, uh, the righteousness of one, Jesus Christ, he had not sinned at all during his life. So he was righteous in as a, a human being, but also because he was God, he could take the sins of all his people on his body on the tree. <clears throat> uh, and then it says, the free gift came upon all men unto just justification of life. Now, what's it mean, all men there? Does that mean everybody has been justified to salvation? Or is it talking to the believers? Okay, many, this many are, all of them are totally cleared and justified and received the, unto justification of life. All this many, and by the way, that many includes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are included in that group of, of uh, all men unto justification of life. Jesus did it. He accomplished it for all. By the way, that, that includes women. Sorry, just, just to make sure you understand. Men and women, he took care of all the sins of his people. And so we have unto justification of life. We are justified in God's sight and we have eternal life by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19 for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Well, I, I think I'd prefer to yeah, all were made sinners because, yeah, every one of us was. Except for one exception is the Lord Jesus Christ. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Okay, the law entered that the offense might be might abound. Okay, before the law was, you knew, you know, it's wrong to kill somebody, right? So when the law came, it says, if you do this, you ain't going to make it to heaven. 
And so there were all sorts of provisions for accidental deaths. Uh, if you were a murderer, you know, it's your, your, yeah, you're, you're out of it. Uh, and it is the duty of the uh, revenger of blood to take your, take your life because you killed someone. So you run to the city of refuge, you have a trial at the city gates, and the avenger of blood, uh, if, you, if, you, if they find out that, hey, you did this maliciously, so they kick you out of the city and the, the avenger of blood gets to take care of the, the, the problem and bring justice to the family. So that's that they wanted to make sure this is a bad thing. You don't kill somebody. You don't slaughter somebody. Uh, if you accidentally kill somebody, then you got to live in the city of refuge until the high priest, current high priest, dies. By the way, do you know those high priests? They live a long time. So yeah, those accidental deaths. Well, you'll be there for a long time, but. Eventually, he dies, you get to go free. But now, uh, okay, because uh, the law is there, we know this, this is a wrong thing. And not only that, but there's a whole lot of things that thou shalt not murder. That's, everybody knows that. But you know what? What leads up to that? There's a whole lot of things that lead up to that. You've got to... Uh, bad attitude towards somebody, you know, and you grumble and gripe about them all the time, people get to know, hey, there's some bad blood between these two. Well, like, for instance, uh, thou shalt not steal. Oh, yeah, stealing's wrong. Yeah, we know that. Uh, but also, if your neighbor's ox, even your enemy's ox, goes astray, it is your obligation to God to take that ox back to your neighbor or your enemy, you're obligated to. Why? Because the ox belongs to God. Your neighbor or enemy is the steward appointed by God for that property. So you are accountable to God for the property that he is steward for God's property. So yeah, you get to look into some of those things and, okay, these are the worst, th the Ten Commandments, those are the worst things you can do in all of those areas. But then the Lord Jesus starts talking about things and, hey, uh, well, I, that's a nice new car, but I'd like to have that car. Hmm, thou shalt not covet uh, anything that is thy neighbor's, huh? Doggone, maybe I've just broken one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Paul says uh, uh, that coveting, covetousness is idolatry. You're putting that thing that somebody else is, is a steward for God, uh, to God, a steward to God for that thing, you're putting that thing over your obedience to God. It's now become your idol. I've got to have that car. My life is not complete until I get his new car. But that's, that's exactly what's going on. Uh, all these commandments, they're intertwined. You can't 
even having a bad attitude about some of these things uh, will cause you all sorts of problems. Uh, you're going to be breaking a whole bunch of commandments. Anyway, so the point is the law came to let you know this is wrong. And it was blatant. Uh, in the Old Testament, it says an eye for an eye. If, if I punch you in the mouth and you lose a tooth, it's limiting your retribution. Yeah, you got one of my teeth. I'm going to make you lose all your teeth. Bash, bash, bash. See, that's, that's a normal human tendency. We want to make them pay triple or, or wipe out all your teeth because of that one tooth. You poked out mine, I'm going to poke out both of yours. Uh, so God limited it. If you lose a tooth, then the most you can do is he can lose a tooth. A tooth for a tooth, an eye for an eye. The Lord Jesus says, nope, don't do it that way. Uh, somebody offends you, you forgive them for it. And then God will work through your forgiveness and work things out to his honor and glory. And once you get to heaven, guess what? You won't have any problem with, with broken teeth or, or missing parts. Yeah, you know, I'm not all there. So, but we, I won't have a problem with not being all there. I'll be completely there. And a whole lot more completely there in other ways, too. Uh, so let God handle the retribution. What, what to say? Vengeance is mine. I will, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let him handle the recompense. And maybe possibly by your forgiveness, you actually lead that person to the Lord. Who knows? How can God work it out? Or that God can really, you know, he can get, you know, bone cancer and lose all, all his jaw. Who knows? God can work things out miraculously. <clears throat> and he gets all the honor and glory. Okay. So anyway, the law entered so it could be made very obvious that these sins are wrong. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Okay. Wow. This is really a bad thing. But where grace comes along, it's gone because all my sins are gone. Yes, it's a horrible sin I committed, but they're all gone. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he uh, was consenting to, this, the, to the death of Stephen. Uh, he was going and taking men and women and throwing them in prison. And uh, I don't know if, how many of them got executed, but... Uh, he was going about destroying the church, taking in all these Christians and uh, making them prisoners or killing them off. I don't know. But in spite of what he did, God washed all those sins away. He was fighting against God. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus says, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You know that I'm right and that you're wrong. You're doing wrong and you're going against me and my people and you're, you're feeling it. He knew he was wrong, but he was just going on doing his thing like most people do.
not realizing what he was actually doing. He was fighting against God. That's a pretty dumb thing to do. But he did it in ignorance. And once the Lord Jesus talked to him, what he spent a few days uh, in prayer and fasting until Ananias came along and says, hey, pa Paul, uh, the Lord Jesus has forgiven you. And, and, it, and then the scales fell from his eyes. So even, even Saul of Tarsus, who persecuted Christians, Christ can wipe away all his offenses and make him a new person and make him uh, a bearer of the news of salvation. So God can do all that. That verse twenty one that as sin hath uh, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So it doesn't matter that we're all condemned to death. Not only uh, when we start out, we are condemned to physical death. That's just, you know, we grow up and get old and die. That's just the normal process. We're going to die physically. But unless you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you are condemned to the second death, which is far worse. You can't imagine how horrible that will be. Even the most wonderful person. Oh, by the way, speaking of wonderful people, I just read an article that uh, said even good people do bad things. I don't know if you know, but, but Sister Teresa, that it's on record that... that uh, I was reading an article and said uh, she uh, took a lot of the money that was supposed to care for people and she used it for her own benefit. Yeah, well, I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm helping the sick people, but uh, I'm coming down with a cold, so I'm going to run to the to the big major medical office and they'll they'll take give me all the drugs and all the things I need to get over this cold. So she misappropriated some funds. <gasps> Mother Teresa? <gasps> well, of course, Mother Teresa, uh, for a great deal of her life, was even questioning, am I doing any good? I, I don't know if, if, if what I'm doing is, is accepted by God. And she was trusting in the Catholic Church to take her to heaven. If she wasn't trusting in Jesus Christ, doesn't matter how faithful she was, how good she was, She's, if she didn't know Jesus Christ, she's going to be burning in hell throughout eternity. And this, this is a, a good person, a great, wonderful person. But you know what? She was a sinner. And without Jesus Christ, she has no hope. I mean, everybody looks to Mother Teresa. She's uh, on her way to sainthood, too, I believe. They, they attributed a couple of miracles to her. And uh, so she's on her way to being a saint. So you can pray to Mother Teresa. Bonnie, why are you rolling your eyes? You, you sound like, you, you act like it's, this is not a great and wonderful thing for all believers to pray to Mother Teresa so she can talk to Jesus about the whole situation. Now you, I mean, you know, of course, 
if, if you can pray to Mary and, and okay, Mary, would you tell your son to, to help me out with this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being critical. Uh, I shouldn't say do that. But <clears throat> nevertheless, it doesn't matter how good you are without Jesus Christ. You got nothing. And because of we are condemned to death and the grace of Jesus Christ clears us of all that stuff. We are free and clear. So that's great news. Okay, then continuing to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. You've heard this, right? This is the definition of the gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and, he rose, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. Jesus Christ died for my sins according to the scriptures. He died and he took my sins upon his own body on the tree. So he's gone. But then three days later, God demonstrated and said, this sacrifice was accepted. And he rose again the third day. My sins were forgiven. And the proof is Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, I too shall rise from the dead. This is a fact. There's, there's no sugarcoating it or trying to twi twist it in any way what you want to. Because Jesus Christ arose from the dead, God accepted the sacrifice. Because God accepted his sacrifice, I am, will rise again too. That's according to the scriptures. So that was all what Jesus Christ accomplished. The death the burial and the resurrection says we are free and clear because of what Jesus Christ did. We have no, no hindrances to keep us out of heaven. There's nothing that Satan or the world can do, or myself for that matter, can do to take away my salvation. My salvation isn't in me. My salvation is not in me or what I do. My salvation is in Jesus Christ and what he did when he died, was buried, and rose again. He is my salvation. He is my eternal life. Everything I need, I need, is, is in Jesus Christ. I don't need anything else to get me to heaven. Now, God keeps track of what I do, what I don't do. And uh, when I stand before the Lord Jesus, I will receive rewards based on my service to him. So this is, nobody can touch it. In, uh, in the Philippines, in the early 1900s, the Muslims were causing a ruckus. And uh, was it Blackjack Pershing? Uh, he understood them. So they captured 10 Muslims and they lined them all up. They shot nine of them, dumped them in a pit, threw a bunch of hog guts in on top of them. By violating their bodies with these hog guts, uh, those people could not go to heaven. Did you know, did you know that? You can violate a, 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 
a, a Muslim who's already dead and you can keep him out of heaven. I wonder how long that, that lasts. Uh, you shoot him and throw him in with a bunch of pig guts. Oh, and the, but the, they only shot nine of them and let one get loose. So he could tell everybody if, if you get caught, they'll put pig guts in on you so you can't go to heaven. So they kind of quelled their rebellion for a little bit there. But yeah, for them, you, you, can, you can violate their bodies in the grave and uh, they can't go to heaven. So we go out, you know, we can go out and dig up a Muslim grave. He's been there for 2,000 years, throw some pig guts on him. And there he's been enjoying paradise. And suddenly we throw the pig guts on. Now he's got to go to hell. Hey, that, that works for me. <laughs> But in true, in actual truth, anybody who's trusting in Muhammad or Allah to get them to heaven ain't going to happen. The only way to, G to heaven is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the only way. So these Muslims... Uh, by throwing pig guts and violating their, their bodies after they're dead, uh, they can see that they're, oh, that, 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 that Muslim brother is going to hell now because of these, these vile infidels. But they don't realize is they're already going to hell. They didn't, when they were shot, they were already in the fires of hell. They were already tormented in this flame like the rich man said to Lazarus, they were already there. Pig guts didn't matter, but they got it through their heads. Oh, wow, now they, they're going to go to hell. It's just it's hard to contemplate. Here's, anyway. In Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. Nobody can take that from me. They can force me to do some crime. They can do anything they want. They can't, they can't violate my body in any way that will keep me out of heaven because my salvation is in Jesus Christ who sits at the right hand of God. He is still there. He will never move. And he is my salvation. I have no problems with whatever somebody tries to do to me. Okay, uh, drop down to 1 Corinthians uh, 16, uh, 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. For ye are bought with a price. We are bought with the... the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. We are a purchased possession. We have been bought from the, the, the slave markets of sin and death, and we have been brought into his kingdom. We have been purchased. He owns us, not only by giving us life, he is the God of our life, but he is the God of our new life in Jesus Christ. He's got a double uh, say in our lives. So we had what we had a life before. Now we are bought with a price. 
That price is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What I am in my thought life, in my attitudes, I belong to God. What I am in my body, I belong to God. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Whatever is going through your head, you should be glorifying God because you belong to him. We are his possession. We should be glorifying him with everything we have. That's our purpose for being here. What is the reason? Uh, <clears throat> see, how does that go? What is the purpose of man? Glorify God and enjoy him forget forever. We are to be serving him and glorifying him with everything we are. So what, what, do, what does it say? It says, we are not our own. We are bought with a price. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, down in chapter 7, uh, you are bought with a price. Be ye not the servants of men. Now, that's not saying, oh, well, you're, you're an employee for this guy, so you have to do what he says. It's, it's not saying, oh, you can ignore everything he has to say and do your own thing. No, we still have to obey our bosses. But we are bought with a price, so our lives should not be... Uh, <clears throat> So we should not we should not be outwardly saying I'm a slave of this person. No, we are a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will do what he says. If this man tells me to do something wrong, I can't because my God won't permit it. So I'm bought with a price. I have to live a different life than most people. I belong to him. I belong to him. I should be doing what he wants me to do, not just what men want me to do. <clears throat> I am still under the government. I am still under my boss. I still have those obligations. But I am under Jesus Christ first and foremost. I am still a servant, but I'm supposed to be Everything this, that this person tells me to do, I'm to be obeying him as unto the Lord, as the Lord using him as what God wants me to do, provided he doesn't violate God's word. Okay, now let's go on. This is the final entry, Galatians 2.20. <clears throat> For I am crucified with Christ, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am bought with a price. Again, I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I am crucified with Christ. In Romans chapter 6, you, you consider yourself to be dead with Christ. Your passions, your lusts, everything about your, your human body, you have been crucified with Christ. And here it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I as an individual live, 
yet not I, but now the life I'm living is Christ living through me, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I am redeemed by his blood, therefore I am now under his primary control. I yield myself to him. I'm crucified. I'm dead. I, my, my members, uh, we're supposed to consider our members dead to sin, but alive unto God. Romans chapter 6 talks about that. <clears throat> so I should be living a life, uh, the life that I, the life, let's see, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself for me. He redeemed me by his blood. And because he did that for me, therefore I live by the faith of the Son of God because he did this for me. I have something in him, so I'm going to live for him. So again, it goes back to he redeemed me by his shed blood. Therefore, I need to do something different. Oh, oh, oops, oh, oh shoot. Okay, there's still, okay. Okay, let me back up. I shouldn't have hit the button. I don't know why I did that. Okay, okay, there we are. Okay, don't touch the button. Right, okay. <clears throat> okay, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they sh might receive the adoption of sons. Okay, hey, this is Christmas time, right? And it says, when the fullness of time has come, come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus Christ became a human being and uh, Mary gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he have a father? No earthly father. God performed a miracle and started the, uh, the uh, gestation process of Jesus in the womb of Mary. I mean, it's a tiny, itty-bitty miracle. But wow. God became man at that point in time <clears throat> and made under the made of a woman made under the law. He was under the law and he fulfilled the law perfectly. He fulfilled the law, which I could never do. None of us could ever do. So he was made of a woman under the law uh, to redeem. The, what's this? Oh, there goes back there. Redemption made by his blood to redeem them that were under the law that they might that we might receive the adoption of sons so everybody that's under the condemnation of the law which is pretty much uh, oh yeah that's everybody yeah we're we're all under god's condemnation because we are sinners and because we are sinners therefore we needed redemption redemption made once by jesus blood that's what we need. So Jesus came to redeem us by his blood at that point in time. The reason the baby was born says so he could grow up and die and take our sins upon his own body on the tree. That's why he came. That's why he was born so that he could die and take the penalty for my sins and give me eternal life. 
This is what he accomplished. Uh, going down to Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us. Well, that is that redemption through his blood. Uh, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us uh, through his blood from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. That's supposed to be us. We're supposed to be zealous of good works. Uh, a peculiar people, a purify unto himself a peculiar... Did you know that when he died, he took away all my sins? Even the sins I'm going to commit on the way home when somebody cuts me off and driving. He's going to, even that sin is going to be forgiven. And I have eternal life through his blood, through the redemption of his blood. Uh, zealous of good, I should be doing good works. Okay, and then First Peter chapter 1. Verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation uh, received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But what's it say in verse 18? Ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Jesus. We were redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was a sinless sacrifice. And he was a human being, making him equal to me. And he was God. He could take the sins of all his people at one time. And he did that. And he made us, he redeemed us through his blood. And not by gold and silver, that's useless. But by his own blood, he redeemed us. The scriptures keep talking about he redeemed us. Oh yeah, and then the last one, Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sang, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and then hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. What's it say there? It says, has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Okay, he did this for us, for, for every, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. He redeemed us by his blood. That makes it all okay. He did it all. We have everything because of what he has done for us. We have a heavenly trust fund because of what he has done for us. We have eternal life because he died for us. He redeemed us by his blood. All these things we have because he redeemed us by his blood. We are purchased. We are the purchased possession because he redeemed us. He bought us by his shed blood. We belong to him. We should remember that, especially this Christmas. Why did the Lord Jesus come? He came to redeem his people. That's why he came. He didn't come to have everybody, oh, what a cute little baby. Uh, he didn't come to have the, the wise guys come up and give him for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. By the way, it was a group of them, not just three. That's only three gifts that they mentioned. But he came, they came as a group. 
and they came as an army. And that's why Jerusalem was all uh, in an uproar because here's a, an invading army all on, on, on cavalry horses. Oh no, we're in trouble now. Nope, they were just escort for these wise counselors from, from the east. And here they come from the west. From the West, yeah, they they came from the West, and they came as a big group. They Jesus didn't come to receive the money. No, that was God's provision for the future, as they had to go down to Egypt and then come back later. So God was providing even then. But anyway, uh, He didn't come to be a baby that you know the shepherds looked at that the wise men came and gave things to him he didn't come for that he didn't come to to just walk around and he came to redeem his people by his blood one time he did it all and we have it all through faith in the lord jesus christ and with that let's close in a word of prayer see we made it through it isn't that good <clears throat> okay Dear Heavenly Father, again, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, when we look at your word, there are so many wonderful things for us because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. By him and for him were all things created, and you have given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. You have made us one of your children. You have brought us into your forever family. Heavenly Father, all these things we have because of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to realize how awesome our salvation is and how much we owe you and help us to be uh, involved in good works. We should be zealous of good works because of what we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the redemption we have through Jesus Christ. Be with us as we go from here and bring us back at the next appointed time. And I pray that all that is said and done will bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.